What's going on? Everybody, you've got the cardboard coaches here with your boy, Coach Co. And have no fear, the cartel yet again is here. From Tim Hortons to Timbuktu, the cartel's got you. Um, I don't know if Hoboken is Timbuktu, but team, we've got a very <laughs> special guest on the podcast here today. We've got Alex Jimo, sports personality, sports caster. How are you doing today? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me, you guys. Of course. Good to see you. Yeah. Happy to have you on. Life is uh, good. I, life is good. I'm not going to lie. I like good hearing stuff. that. Uh, you are definitely one of the bubbliest people in the hobby. That is for goddamn sure. <laughs> depending on the day honestly <laughs> caught you on a good day hopefully exactly so our our listeners might be most familiar with seeing you on the golden touch that is now on netflix it is well, top king it's called king of king collectibles of, king of collectibles so the I, golden want, touch. I need the views okay no, no, i understand i i understand <laughs> i'm happy that you are happy that you changed that so the king of collectibles the golden touch on Netflix, if you guys haven't checked it out already, highly recommend it. I do a top want... ten show on Canadian Netflix and US, right? Yeah, yeah, US too. And the US. Oh yeah, yeah. I think oh, I think we, Australia we top, too. We were top ten in the US. We were top ten in the US for a week, and then we were even higher in Australia, the UK, um, and a bunch of other countries. We were huge internationally. Actually, it was fun. Yeah. The Commonwealth. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about that, and then we actually want to know your your the bit of backstory as well. But so. Let's talk a little bit about the Golden Touch, King of Collectibles. The Golden Touch. You want? I, I'm gonna have to say the whole thing every time. I'm gonna. Yeah, it's just, I'm gonna, it's just King of Collectibles, man. It, yeah. It's just, it's just brainwashing at this point. <laughs> I know. I know. So let's. Talk, how was it recording that show? So first of all, I mean, there's not a lot of people in this hobby that have the pleasure of saying that they they're on Netflix, right? So I mean, that first of all, huge. I, I, I think a lot of people in the world. You. Thank yes. you so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a pretty big accomplishment. I'm going to my own horn here. I never I, it's incredible. I'm still on cloud 9. So How was the filming Happy. for that? It was I'm not going to lie. It was sort of filming was amazing, but the process itself took almost 2 years, you guys. I, you know, I um got connected with Ken Golden in I think July of 2021, like right before the my first national which was in Chicago that year. Um, and he was like, he, I'm not gonna lie. Ken slid in my DMS and he was like, I'm really interested in your content. I think you're great. Like, would you, um, be interested in auditioning for my show? We have a pilot. Um, and I was like, Mr. Golden. And he was like, don't call me Mr. Golden. <laughs> and I was like, first of all, it's a pleasure and honor, sir. I've heard a lot of things about you. You know, I, I was new to the hobby at that point, but I knew that yeah. he was like, you know, one of the dudes. Um, so when I got the DM from him, I was like, oh my God. Um, and he was like, are you interested in auditioning? I'm like, uh, hell yeah. So I did that. I made an audition tape and at the time it was not a Netflix show. It was just a pilot. We had no clue where the show would go and how, how far it would go. Like I was thinking like, to be honest, like I was thinking like, a, like a history channel or like if anything, an Amazon or a Hulu. Yeah. Then the story is I, uh, Ken actually flew me down to Chicago to interview him and Jeff Wilson um, that's the first time I met Ken in person. And right before I went on camera interviewing Ken and Jeff, Ken whispered into my ears and he said, um, the you know, your audition tape was great. 
the wheelhouse productions who put on the production um loved you you're in we start filming in like six four, uh, five to six months congratulations. congratulations oh and by the way it's on netflix and i swear to god my heart dropped i called my mom crying i was like oh my god i did it i turned this idea out of my grandmother's basement you know into global tv it, it, i'm still not over it it was sort of i don't know if you, you guys know what kismet means no, it was absolutely. a moment that was just meant to be like i went through all hell of hell to get to this specific moment and i guess i would go back through the hell again to get here because it was it was worth it alex it how much cool. did you do how much did you know about this wacky collectibles market about Ken himself and and all all those associated things before he slandered by the way we we may have had Ken slide in our DM but not a bad, uh, it's not a be it's not a bad DM to get yeah not yeah. Um, yeah yeah let's see how much should I know um oh, not gonna lie like, how much sorry say that again cartel this wacky world how much how much did you how much were you were you seeing and and experiencing with that well i grew up a collector i really did uh when i was a little girl not to age myself i was about 10 <laughs> years old when pokemon started and i have i you can't see it but it's right up there hold on let me grab it for you hold on, let me grab it for you my original live pokemon my original pokey binder hey with the sticker Ooh. and if you're not watching with all hey. the stickers and all the cards attached i have ocd and perfectionism so i was obsessed with pokemon and you know oh, and, you know the set and everything um, and i also co um collected disney cards and i was a little girl i loved mickey mouse i loved winnie the pooh i loved all that jazz um my older brother was a big basketball card collector my father is is a diehard baseball fan i grew up with a batting cage in my backyard um baseball runs in my veins honestly uh, I fell in love now during this time during COVID with his uh, vintage baseball card collection. I had never really rummaged through his shit, but because I was so bored and so lonely, um, I needed something to keep me company. And in a way, these collectibles did. Um, I then moved in with my grandmother in her, literally, like, I, had, I had no money. Um, I lost all my jobs because of COVID because sports ended, right? So yep. a lot of us lost our jobs. Um and I went with my grandmother and I needed a way to, to make a buck. So, and I wanted to start selling stuff on eBay. So I went in her basement and that's where I discovered, if you've seen the show, my Beanie Baby collection, which is 399. It's insane. Um, I discovered Pez dispensers. I discovered old Barbies that she had, uh, Legos, you know, vintage uh, Batman dolls and like all this stuff. And I started selling it all on eBay. And like, I was just like obsessed with making money one, but also obsessed with like the ideas of like these beautiful vintage pieces that have stories behind them. But what I'm really in love with, and I always have been as a sports journalist is game used memorabilia. Um, I love game used memorabilia because I like to say, I am a storyteller and there are so many stories behind these items right um so my friend uh jason actually hosted a pretty big time hobby podcast card talk i don't know if you've heard of it yeah he's the producer and i was listening to it because i wanted to learn i just i was so interested i'm like a little boy at heart don't be fooled by what i what you're looking at right now like i'm a little dude so i started listening to it and i was like listen how do i how do i change the trajectory 
trajectory i can speak i swear of yes. my career in my life i was so miserable i was so unhappy i was overworked underpaid treated like absolute shit you know before me too movement i've been through so much shit i can't even explain yeah how do i work smarter not harder i cannot keep going this way i cannot keep doing this it's too much and it's not worth it i wanted to quit I gave up multiple times. I wanted to be a real estate agent. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. Like, you know, my ex told me I was a washed up husband that nobody wanted. And, Whoa, this, and then I started to believe it. I could not buy an audition, you guys. I could not buy an audition. Um, so I said to my friend, Jason, I, said, I said, I think there's something there. I don't think anyone really does this. And the people that do do it are men. Yeah. But I don't think I'm, what I do is different. I, I sort of bridge the gap, hopefully between traditional broadcast media and the hobby. And I said, maybe I could talk about this for a living. And he, at first he was like, no, you don't know anything about it. And he's right. I did not know anything about sports cards. Nothing. I liked them. I was intrigued by them, but I didn't know the lingo. It's a whole different world. So I just started listening to his, his podcast every day. And then I started listening to other podcasts. And I just went down the rabbit hole on eBay and this and that. And I started reading and I literally became obsessed. Then I started buying my own cards I lost a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> I made of a lot of mistakes. Yeah. To be honest, I think that's the only way you learn in a lot of aspects of life. You have to sort of screw up to get to where you're going to go. So that's a long-winded um, you know, response. But but I yes, I I by the time we filmed, I knew a shit ton about collectibles. Yes. Awesome. That's that's an awesome story that resonates probably with a lot of people who were on eBay during the lockdowns and the COVID yeah. stuff that was going on. And the fact that you yeah, thank you. You do have an appreciation for the value of the collectibles and the uh, the enjoyment of the collectibles. That's awesome. Did you get to meet the people involved um, with some of the big sales that were being uh, th that were being showcased on the show? Like the, the so, guys. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so to be completely honest, excuse me. I've been talking a lot this week, as you can, but I always talk a lot, you know, you know me, coach. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, to be completely honest, I saw the show probably around the same time you two saw the show. I saw nothing. I was a nervous wreck. The show came out on Friday at three o'clock in the morning. I purposely went to bed at four o'clock knowing it was there. And I woke up at like, uh, noon the next day, I was up, but I I was afraid to turn the TV on. I woke up to a million texts from my friends. They're like, turn it on. It's actually good. The show is actually good. Because I didn't know if it was going to be good. I didn't see anyone else's scenes. I was only with me and my producer. I never shot like a scene with anyone else except for um, uh, my coworker, Ryan Krupa. So I didn't see anyone. I mean, I met, I met Mike Tyson. I met Joe Montana. I met, obviously, I met Ric Flair. Um, but in terms of all, all the other scenes, the answer is no, I did not see any of it. So I'm going to sound like a narcissist here. I, I know I'm kind of funny and, and, and charismatic on camera. I mean, I do this for a living. So I wasn't really worried about my scenes. I was worried about Ken. I, and I say it to his face, but I was worried about all of my castmates and they fucking nailed it. I, I cursed, whatever. They nailed no, 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 no. it. They Listen, did that's... great. And I... I was really, I was pleasantly surprised. So it was awesome. So you, so you thought that Ken was going to drop the ball then? I thought <laughs> that Ken was going to be camera shy. He was phenomenal. And yeah, he's yeah, getting yeah. better and better. As you know, it all comes with reps, right? Like when I first started on camera, like I, like uh, eight years ago, I was the sideline reporter for New York Jets. 
But the year before I auditioned for them and they rejected me because I was shaking and nervous and, and blah, blah, blah. And Emily, Emily, I can't even speak. MLB network too rejected me, right? Like I've been rejected more times than not, but then I came back and crushed the second audition. So I know, I know that, you know, it takes time to be comfortable on camera, but they all did such a wonderful job. So I'm happy with it. I always, I always was confident. All I, I all Ken had to do was channel that 1990s shop at home Ken Golden that I would be watching later. So in- true. You know what? You just reminded me. I was. Pre- it's not his first time on Ken. No, really no, it's well, not. Right. No, he was usually, but he was usually a call in. I don't know if he actually appeared on screen, but when he called in, he was like, you know, this 1987 Tops traded set is the greatest factory set ever created by right. mankind. And I right. knew he just had to tap into that. Well, I mean, nobody can sell better than Ken Golden, so, especially in what we do. So. But it's funny because I'm the QVC girl on the show. <laughs> I'm the one that's like, you know, that's right. right now, get on the Lansbury. You know, <laughs> I, the show is corny, but corny is good. It was a family oriented show. Anyone could watch it. I had I had mo- mothers telling me they watched it with their sons. I had dads saying they watched it with their daughters. I had my, you know, one of my girlfriend's grandmothers and and grandfathers watch it. They loved it. So it's a show for all ages. And I didn't know, I didn't know that going in as well. Like they can give you any edit. I was worried about what, how they would portray me. Um, you know, they could have made me look like a little bitch. Honestly, they could have made me look any way they want, they wanted, but I'm very proud to say, I think, I think I came off pretty well and professional and I can't thank them enough for that. So that was, that was a sigh of relief. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like one of the, the things that I, I mentioned specifically was, and this is before you and I had even talked, so there's no bias here. But uh, I mentioned that, I, you know, the, one of the things that stuck out in the show for me was the way that you narrated, but also found a way to really break it down in a, in a concise manner for everyday people. Because one of the biggest mm-hmm. concerns for me uh, ahead of the show, like I actually... I wanted to to watch the show with someone who was impartial to the hobby, who knew pretty much nothing. I mean, it didn't end up happening, but okay. Um, my idea you was that like I, I want and, you wanted to Netflix. Wait, he was a what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the that was the, the game. He was plan. a what to the hobby? What did you say? Like a newbie, a, like a hobby rookie? No, no. What me? You're saying I I wanted to I wanted no, not to, you. You said you wanted saying, to watch with. Yeah, yeah. He's saying I wanted to Netflix and chill is what he said. Oh, I mean, who? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so. <laughs> But I, I realistically, like I actually wanted to have someone who was completely impartial to the hobby, who was like, okay, like watch, let's watch this and let's see what happened. I mean, so yeah. I, I had a few people who actually are not involved with the hobby whatsoever, and uh, they were watching it, and they, you know, they they were they were involved. They they weren't confused. They liked it, right? Because. It, for me, it was like about the information, right? Because there's there's so many different aspects of yeah. the hobby that are very difficult to explain. Things like refractors, things like serial number. Like, why is this relevant? Why do I care? What the one of one LeBron James logo, man? Why is that relevant? Do you know what I mean? Like, what makes this one one of one? And I just think that, you know, a combination of the way that the way that you engaged in in, in being a narrator, but also in the the way in which you explained it. Now, I don't know if this is like lines that they gave you or like something you came up with, um, but it definitely resulted in making it very watchable for the average person. So I, I mean, I want to give you your kudos Thank for you. that. And you know what? That's exactly, it's one of the best compliments you could have ever given me. Thank you. And by the way, before I get into this whole spiel, um, my most proud part about the show and career moment is, is being the narrator is, yeah. you know, cause I've uh, first and foremost have wanted to be a journalist my whole life and to be a female to explaining to the world, 
um, about this crazy, you know, shit show that we call the hobby. Yeah. Um, is an honor and a privilege, and I'm so blessed, and I'm honestly so happy. And um, yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's like a load off my shoulders that most people. I mean, there's a couple of haters, but most yeah, people yeah. It, within the hobby and without are loving it. Um, so it's 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 really cool that I was the one to use that voice because I've always wanted to use my voice for good. And who everyone needs to learn about the hobby. Um, and I was once a newbie, like two years ago, I was yeah. a newbie. I knew absolute jack shit about the hobby. So I think that made me, and and I always will be, and this is what I do for MLB Network as well, when I explain on, on my show, Carded, plug, um, I think I'm a good bridge between, you know, the hobby enthusiast and a newbie that doesn't know anything about the hobby, but maybe they're interested. They're a collector in some some respect. We, we're all a little bit of a collector in some respect. So I'm able to use language and lingo, and I don't want to say the word dumbed down, but make it more um, palatable for the average show. Like that's what I needed two years ago. Um, so I, I'm not going to take all the credit. Obviously, my production company had um, incredible, talented writers. They're the best in the biz. But what I did do with my producer is rewrite the script into my own voice. So it came off more naturally off my tongue um, in a way that I thought the the audience would be able to understand it better. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Because these writers, as talented as they are, mo I'm assuming most of them had no idea what the hobby was. Like yeah. even our producers had no idea. And that's why at first I was nervous. I was like, what are these, these guys don't know shit about the hobby. How is this going to work? It actually worked in our favor. Because when you're when you're on a global platform streaming service, you 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 need more than the hobby to succeed, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. A lot of people. Yeah. Um. So they really knew what they do. They they knew what they were doing. Um. And it and it and it, it came together pretty swimmingly. So I appreciate I appreciate that. And like my biggest thing, and I'm and I'm gonna dive more into this soon on my content on my Instagram and TikTok, hopefully. Um. Educational videos, right? Little. That's what people want to see. People love that shit. And I love it. Like, like tips and tricks of the hobby. Here's the hobby. Here's the hobby lingo. Like, here's what you need to know how to sell a beauty baby. You know, here's what you need to know when you're looking for sports cars. I can't tell you how many DMs I'm getting right now from men and women. And it's ridiculously annoying. Like, what's my collection worth? Like, do Always. your own research. And Always. I say, do your own research. Just like I did. And by the way, I can't, I can't value your collection at anything. It was, it was probably worth a lot more two years ago. Right. Those of us in the hobby know that. Yeah. Um, or, or so 30, and my, 30. My goal is ago. to educate a little bit more of people that aren't in the hobby to hopefully make the hobby better overall and make us all a little bit more money with more people coming in. And I know a lot of the old G hobby dudes, you know, uh hate hater love ken they hate him for for whatever reasons or they give him flack because he's successful or whatever people hate or love me but at the end of the day i think the show was really really good for the hobby because we're bringing more eyeball eyeballs and the more eyeballs the better so that's my well, well for what it's worth alex when when word uh, spread of you being involved i, I saw actually uh, I wasn't going to say surprisingly, but I saw really positive um, reactions to that. I mean, of course, you're going to have the haters, you're going to have the doubters, but I saw a really positive reaction to that. You did? Oh, that makes me feel good. Absolutely. And there was this, obviously, there, there was a bit of like a, an anxiety in the hobby. How is this going to represent the hobby? Uh, how, you know, and, and then you've got, like you said, the OGs are going to be picking it apart but at the end of the day like what we're seeing and i'm sure coach co agrees is kind of a that unanimous decision that like you said you you guys hit it out of the park you represented the hobby you brought eyes to it 
And now then now more than ever before, people are asking all those questions. I, I get the opportunity to be in yeah. a, a sports card shop. Um, and it wasn't just the cards. It was the fact that you guys were covering so much of the Bingo. landscape. Of Bingo. I have had my sorority sisters, my family. I mean, let's be real. Most of my life is surrounded by like, you know, people that have no idea or give two shits about the hobby. They all mm. wanted to watch the show for me. All in a, like a lot of my followers for me, they followed me from the Jets days from regular sports. They don't care about the hobby, but then they got ejected. They said, I, most of them are the most, most reaction is, you know, I tuned in for you, but holy shit. I went down the rabbit hole. Drake, what is this breaking? What is breaking? What is this? What is that? And then they also love the fact that, um, you know, I, Ken, and me and Ken will say this. We didn't. We like that. That was my Beanie Baby collection, but we were both skeptical of the Beanie Baby collection being in the episode. It might be one of the most liked scenes in the whole series. That was your collection. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't know and that. you, I, yeah. I'm gonna do a lot of content on it soon. Like you don't even see anything. Um, Why 399? I mean, you guys know me. I don't have a fake fraud bone in my body. I do not. I do not. Everyone's like, good job acting, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, I like I first of all, I act every day for a living. When you're on camera, you act every day. But I was not acting like I, you know, like a little bit. It's it's scripted. It's reality, but it's a little scripted. Um, but, you know, you can't coach, Co. you know, you can't script Alex. Stein. No, 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 no. But people love the fact that it was relatable for women, too. I mean, like, we do obviously love sports, but majority of women, like, oh, that Gucci collection. Oh, those Hess trucks. That's oh, true. That's, people that's love the true. history. You know, the hobby is not just sports cards. And 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 that's what I'm most proud of, because a lot of the OGs in the hobby are like, oh, stay out of it. But like, no, no, bring them in. Let's go. I feel no. like I feel like you came off better than uh, than like Pawn Stars, which is a show that's gonna you got you guys are gonna get the obvious comparisons, but it came off better. Like the that that F one card, I think that kid was from Quebec, right? How yeah. cool was that yeah. story? Yeah, yeah, like that came off really intense. I love that it was a cliffhanger. You guys had great cliffhangers on the episodes too, right? So. Yeah, and I think the one negative is like it was too short. So hopefully we get renewed and we get more and we get more episodes. Yeah, but I love the fact that they involved like a normal Joe a normal Josephine. Like it wasn't just all about a lot of the hobby, especially content wise, you guys is about rich dudes getting richer with their cards and showing off this and that and that. Hello, I'm not rich. And I got, a, I got an amazing collection behind me because it's nostalgic to me and it's important to me. Um, and I love the fact that our show also touched on that. Like any, any person like that kid pulled that F1. It was a Lewis Hamilton card. Lewis right? Hamilton. Out of a single pack. At a store, single pack. Pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Also, I think that was also, has that not happened to me yet. <laughs> I think that was my favorite part of the like not not that specific scene. I just mean like one of the another thing that I mentioned was that just a different so many different elements involved in in the show, right? Like we it was marketed to like like the sports card hobby, like us as uh as like a sports card like docu-series. And uh, you know, I'm actually well, was, happy. I, I couldn't tell anyone. No, I know, but I I'm actually happy. I wasn't allowed to talk about it. Yeah, I'm actually happy that like it was like you know come for the food, stay for the drinks kind of thing, right? So like I, yeah. there was a lot of things where, uh, you know, you don't really think about 
like a declaration of independence like every day you know what i mean but it was something that i found very cool and then all of a sudden like now i'm going down the rabbit hole like what trippy yeah. shit do i want to like I mean, do i want to own like i mean bob dylan you know history. like <laughs> exactly yeah 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 exactly Culture history like yes, weird yes. shit hair yes. like freaking well i mean i'm time... never i'm not going after the hair but you know oh, what i mean yeah. like I mean, I, i'm like what do i want coach Co, one of these days coach Co's mustache cartel's beard in a in a little plastic display also, case do you wear your sunglasses inside every day, or is this just for me? It's, uh, it's just, just when the cartel's doing his thing, you know? Got you. It's because right. the future's so it. bright. I mean, yeah. It's Corey so Hart. That, I'd be a diva. Yeah. It's Corey Hart. Corey Hart. <laughs> I went on a first date once, and I wore my sunglasses inside the entire time. No, you didn't. Oh, yeah. I Where was, was so, it? It was in the West Village of New York. Um, it was also Super Bowl Sunday, and I didn't even want to be there, and I was, like, playing it cool. So why did you go? Why did I go? Because yeah. I was bored and I was living in a studio apartment in the Upper East Side with, you know, I needed to get the hell out. It's hard. New York that's, is hard, man. That's New a York good play. Hard. That's a good play, Alex. You could be like, you know, doing things with your eyes and, you know, kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could, yeah, totally. I love it. No, it's a good look. It's a good look. I want to know really quick. I know this interview is about me, but I want to no, know no, about no, the no. mustache. Listen, this is a conversation what is, must- is what, what is the is. deal with this mustache? I'm also going to say this. You yeah, might take this offensively. If Go you're looking, it. if you if you're 20 years older, you will be creepy with that. But because okay. you're young, that's okay. Like you, like, is there a shelf life on this? Like, is this a part of you? How long has it been there? It's been there. Uh, so it's actually grown twice now. So it started at the beginning of the pandemic, and then about oh, a sure. year in, I gave up. I gave up, and I was like, "Fuck this shit." And then uh, I was like, "Okay," like I got like a there was an out, outcry. So I grew it back. It's it's amazing. It and is. it's been it's been there since. So I'd, I'd say it's we're going on uh, maybe two years. So when you get out of the shower and you're clean. Yeah. Because, you know, hopefully men shower. I know you don't shower that much. But does it like just like is it like as long as my hair is? Like is it it's, down to your chest? It's pretty close. Um, <laughs> does it get in your mouth? No, like that kidding. must be maintenance, man. It is maintenance. It is maintenance. And I talk about quite frequently how I uh, I want to shave this thing off on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, you know, there's it's a commitment there. It's a commitment. Yeah, you can't, you can't just quite yet. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm all... And if you do, let's put it in a tube, and maybe I'll sell it on golden auctions one day for some. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the idea. You know, it At would have to be shows. for a very, a very special reason. By the way, your beard looks very hot. I don't know how you do that as well. I don't know. No, it's very light. It's very light and fluffy. Um, you know, these are the important questions that the cardboard coaches community has to hear. Thing... All right, we can end it now. Back to me. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about your collecting. I like where does your collecting start? You mentioned you mentioned Pokemon. Um start you know, yeah. How does it escalate? Okay. So like you're yeah. eight years old collecting Pokemon, 10 years old collecting Pokemon. 10, but I'm glad ten. I said I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do my best. Uh 10, 10 years old collecting Pokemon. Where do we go from here? You know, like you go to maybe you go to school, like what happens during that process? You said that you also worked for the Jets. Let's hear let's just hear the 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 the, yeah, the, I mean, the Alex I've, lineage. I've, Okay, I'm honored yeah. that you want to know. I, I, I'm, I'm a weirdo. Like I've always been a, I've always been a woman, who or a little girl that you know, I, you know, I've been in the popular crowd, but I've always never really fit in into any type of um, demographic or I'm, I, I'm outside of the box in like a lot of ways, like um, in a lot of ways. And we can, we can get into that at another time. But you, you can't really Sounds fit me into a box with a crayon. I always draw outside the lines. If you, if you, if you're catching my drip, so. Yeah. I 
you know, I started off as a Pokemon collector. I do you guys, you guys are, I don't, I think you're way younger than me, but like, remember Pogs and like all that jazz? Oh, yeah, yeah of course. I was obsessed course. with all of that. Um, like I said, you know, Disney stuff. I used to go to the Disney store and just you like, say I'm way younger than you and like, he's way younger than you. I don't, I don't know your age. Oh, here we go. Out. Here we go. I was like, wait a minute, Alex. Alex, Car were you going to, were you going Cartel? to New Kids on the Block? Were, were you going to, I'm sorry, what'd you say? Was Alex going to New Kids on the Block? concerts or in sync concerts definitely that... i don't even know who definitely in sync yes definitely in sync oh, okay. not that, i'm not that i'm i'm not afraid of my age i'm 33 years old so part uh, of part of the dynamic here is that i'm the old man and yeah. coach co is the young young how old are you i mean i have to ask. I, i'm 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 into the 40s oh wow you look fucking amazing especially with that beard i bet you if you shave the beard you would look 34 pumping this guy's um, tires come so... on yeah. So anyway, <laughs> you know, I've always been a collector. Um, I, I was always a little tom tomboy. I loved playing baseball with the boys. I played ice hockey with the boys. I did this and that. But I didn't collect. And you know, it also wasn't that popular back then. You know, in the in the '90s, collecting cards wasn't that popular. And and the shit that was like, I have like every set. Me and my brother have every set from baseball, but it's all junk. And when I first got into the hobby, you know, for the second time during COVID, I was like, oh, I'm going to be rich, like all this. And like, I went through everything and I was like, oh, Ken Griffey. Oh, Frank Thomas. Oh, and like, nice. it's worth jack shit. And that's what most people have. So I yeah. feel, I always feel bad. I come up a little bitchy when they're like, can you check out my collection? I'm like, is it baseball? They're like, yes. Is, I'm like, is it from the eighties or nineties? They're like, yes. I'm like, no, it's trash. <laughs> That, that I mean, you'll make a like, couple bucks. Let them down easy. Alex knows what it's like to work at a card store now. Like, literally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, you know, but from there, I, you know, I was always an athlete, a little jock. I stopped collecting because, uh, you know, I was doing other things. And Everybody, then I yeah. went to uh, Syracuse University, Newhouse School, which is honestly, in my opinion, the best journal school in the world. It was ranked number one when I went there. Um, but, you know, depending on who you talk to, Northwestern, but like Darren Ravel, my friend, went there. And he's like, no. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. Um, but I always wanted to be on the sideline because uh, this was, I graduated college in 2012. Put it in perspective, Instagram came out in 2012. Instagram and digital and digital totally changed the narrative of what I wanted to do. Broadcast TV really for the last 10 years has been dying out and it yeah. still is every day. Um, if you think about it, uh, you know, NFL football games are now you have to stream them on freaking Amazon Thursday night football, right? Like it's crazy. Um, so I, it's a hard career to break into. I would say what I do is harder than becoming a, like a Hollywood actress because there are so many jobs for women in Hollywood for women in sports, especially 10 years ago when I graduated college, 11 years ago, the same women that I was looking at, uh, watching as a little girl in New York are this are still there. They're still there, and good for them. But it's also impossible for other for other women like me to like break into, um, which is a good and bad thing. Um, so you know, I from there I went to Iowa. And I be, I became a you know a local one man band reporter. I was I covered the Iowa Hawkeyes Big Ten football and basketball, which is wonderful. We went to the Rose Bowl. Christian McCaffrey, you know, ran Damn. train on us, but it was yeah. such a good experience. Uh, I told you earlier, the New York Jets had auditioned me um, the year before. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Let me backtrack for a second. My first job out of college was I was a I was a baseball logger at Major League Baseball Network. Um, you know, right out of college, I was 22 yeah. years old. And I would log baseball games with all boys until three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, getting to bed at five o'clock in the morning. 
Um, and at the all-star break, they they only promoted two people and me and one of the boys. And you could understand the rumors that went around like, oh, she didn't deserve it. No, I didn't. Yeah, that's yeah, just, yeah. I was just better than you guys. But that's how yeah. much I love the game of baseball. Yeah. Then from there, I was like, all right, Alex, suck it up. Because I didn't realize you have to move across the country to to Bumble F to get to get on TV. You know, I was so naive. I was thinking, oh, you're cute. You're good. You're talented. You went to Syracuse. You'll get on TV in New York. Okay. Right. So I moved to Iowa. The Jets auditioned me before I didn't get the job because I was shaking and nervous as hell. Understandably, I was young. And then the, then they followed my career throughout Iowa. And they said, uh, you know, we've been following you. It looks like you're doing pretty well. You want to come back in for audition, an audition, which, by the way, Jets headquarters is in um, New Jersey, which is where yeah. I'm from. And I was like, uh, yes, please. So I went in, nailed the audition because, you know, I was rejected once. I had nothing to be nervous about. I already been through it. Exactly. Um, and then I was the official sideline reporter and, you know, you know, in-game host and locker room girl for the Jets for a season, 2016, 2017. And then from there, I went for um, NBC Sports. I've worked for, M you know, the NBA 2K League as an esports reporter. I was working for the Mets. I've worked for American Kennel Club. I've reported on dogs. I've done it all, you guys. I've literally done it all. So that's why all of this hard work, like to a lot of people in the hobby, I'm sure when they saw me initially first, before this Netflix show came out, they're like, oh, this girl, she just shows up and Disney. Yeah, like, yeah. They have no clue. I have yeah. grinded harder than anyone you can ever imagine. Um, and making nothing. I was making $25,000 a year in Iowa. $25,000 a year. Working six-day weeks, logging 400 pounds of equipment alone. Developed carpal tunnel. So from that, COVID hit. And the rest is history. And that's when I really fell back in love with the nostalgia of the hobby. Because my grandmother is a little bit of a hoarder. And my father is as well. And I and I, I needed something. I was so depressed. I was so low. I was so lonely. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. And I didn't have any really friends. I had friends, but I couldn't see them. Um, and I was stuck. And I and I just de was desperately trying to stay busy. And that's when I went to the basement and, and made magic. <laughs> and the rest is history. Cartel, are you that's seeing right, a, baby. Uh, Cartel, are you seeing a theme here with our last few guests? Seems like hard work and uh, putting in the time, putting in the time. And, yep. uh, you know, not always getting Listen, the credit when it's due yeah. until I wish I wish it, I wish it happened sooner. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but I'm we always do, you know. But you can't, you can't that feels fast like a, that feels it, like a coach co real, right? Like it's a reflection of a coach co real. Alex, it's got to be an amazing feeling that you are responsible. Uh, people like yourself, uh, women like yourself, and Laura Sanko, who's now working with UFC, you guys are going to expand that space. There's no doubt in my mind in terms of availability of, of, of jobs, positions for the ladies. I think that's just going to be booming in the future. Right. And you are a big part of that, right? Right. But you know what's always been so important to me? Getting the job because I'm fucking good at my job. Because I know it. just as much I, I know just a, as much as collect about collectibles and and sports about than any man, if not more. Um, not from my face, not for anything, which is why I loved narrating so much. Because you don't see my face, you just hear my voice. And also, I, I will add my whole entire life and career. You know, I'm a Jersey girl, right? I sound I have a raspy voice. I've never smoked. It's just my voice. Yeah. Um, sometimes, depending on if I'm drinking, I'm a little soprano-y, which I am right now. You know, it's, it's five o'clock. I just pour a cocktail. Um, my whole career, these networks, especially in New York, do like they 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 said I didn't fit the mold really because if you think about it, I didn't. It's all you know, a lot of blonde women that sound like they're from Iowa and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So even Netflix, you know. It, it, it's not a secret anymore. Even Netflix, they at first they were like, "We love Alex as a character on the show," but we don't think one 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 person didn't think that my voice would resonate with the rest of the country because I'm so northeastern sounding. 
And my wheelhouse team, thank God for them, was like, no, like, that's what we love about her. And also, that's the story. Have you, and I added, like, have you not seen the Sopranos? Have you not watched the, the Jersey yeah, Shore? Yeah. Like, people love that stuff, yeah. you know? So yeah. it was nice. It was nice to be like a little meatball and 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 be recognized for it for once. <laughs> I, I thought it. I thought your voice was fantastic. I thought it worked perfectly. Uh, I talked to Coach Co about this before we started recording, Alex. But and I think I actually mentioned it to you too. I want to put you on the spot, hear that voice in action as you narrate. Uh, and so I want to give you a couple of collectibles that are very. Um, they're, they're cardboard coaches related. They're Canadian related. Um, and do your best here. Maybe if you don't, I mean, do, do, Wait, do you know are you who part of Canada? Yeah, we are Canadian. Oh, we that's, are why you're so, that's why you're so nice. Wait, we were huge in Canada. Who's nice? Yeah, I'm nice. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys are nice. Okay. All right. Put me on the spot. I don't know. Are, is it no. hockey questions? Okay, Alex, do you, know, do you know who Hasbula is? Yes. The, 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 little, little... the little guy. I don't know what the correct Perfect. terminology Perfect. is. Perfect. Okay. And his cards so... are selling for like asinine amounts right Perfect. now. Perfect. They got were good. Two, See? Two, I, I want you to I want you to introduce these items as if um, you know, like I'm about to go to a meeting with Ken Golden with this item, and you know I'm I'm looking for the big bucks, right? So, uh, so we'll we'll wait on Hasbro real quick, but it's two items. Okay, first one being here in Canada, we got a toonie, eh? That's two dollars in our pocket. I don't know if you know that, Alex, but this is the black toonie that commemorates the passing of our beloved Queen Mother, the Queen Elizabeth II. So. Uh, and I bet you, Coach Coat, like this was impossible to get in your pocket change because everybody hoarded these when they first came out. So, uh, so Alex, can you please uh, introduce this black toonie that I'm about well, to can sell? Can I ask a little bit? Is, is Queen Elizabeth the same queen that I'm thinking about in the UK? Yeah, the, the one that passed. Yeah, Queen but Elizabeth you're II. You're in Canada. Well, yeah. she. We are part of the Commonwealth. We are. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So that's why we I mean, have these. You have Justin Trudeau, though. So I'm a little confused. <laughs> Let's let's very quickly uh, gloss okay, over that. So what I would say is, here's an opportunity to own a piece of not only Canadian history but Commonwealth history. Um, the woman on 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 this coin, which is Queen Elizabeth II, changed the narrative of the game, changed history as we know it. One of the most beloved, you know, Queen monarchs in in modern day history in the in the world. Um, you know, and rest in peace. You will never see another one of these coins ever again um, because uh, the coin printing press or whatever it's called stopped making them. <laughs> That's Brilliant. Good. Amazing. I want to get another one. Uh, and then, and then of course, terrible. Alex. And then, of course, I'm coming in with the Hasbula. Okay. But how card. do I say, how do I say as well, offending anyone? Like, I don't know what the correct terminology is. He, is, he a, is he a little person? Like, I don't even get it. I call him a lovable yub yub. Uh, you could call him. Uh, you could just. Well, he call has. Him he has a. Um, he has he's something. A lovable mascot. Because he's like fifty years old, right? But looks like he's, he's like 21. 10. He's 20, 21. 21. Oh, he's only twenty one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, check this guy out. How cute is he? Not only cute, but the guy is actually hilarious. That is entertainment right there. At the end of the day, sports is entertainment, but this is sports on crack. <laughs> All right. His cards are selling for absolute insane amounts. We don't know how long the guy is going to stick around. This might be the last printed card of him in existence. So go to one of his shows, get it autographed, and then send it out to PSA, and you might make some money there. There you go. Alex. I can't believe he's only 21. 
21 years old. Alex, Have you I want to video look- of him on Shaq with Shaq. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. There's a better one where Mike Tyson is scooping him up like a little baby and kissing his stomach. <laughs> Hasbula is rich as hell. I'm just rich as hell. Alex, before before we uh, we have to cut this off, I want to give our audience the opportunity to support you as much as they possibly can. So I'm going to give you the floor so you can say what you need to say. Where can people find you? What kind of opportunities are you looking for? Um, just just go for it. Well, uh, first and foremost, you can follow me on social, please. I think I'm a good follow. I try, I try hard not to be too annoying. Um, uh, at Alex Gimo, my last name is G-I-A-I-M-O. I'm Italian. And fun fact for all y'all, that's a diphthong, three vowels in a row. So if you ever hear that on a Jeopardy question, you got the answer. Um, you can also see me right now on Major League Baseball Network, um, like every two weeks. I'm filming a show called Carded. Um, I'm one of the co-hosts on that. I'm heading to Fenway Park this weekend, actually. And I, I'm so excited, but also nervous. I'm interviewing David Ortiz and Pedro Martinez, who I grew up watching. Don't ask how the Jersey Gold became a Red Sox fan, but I was. Um, I'm already shaking, thinking about interviewing Big Poppy. His jersey is autographed and on, signed on my wall. Um, but yeah, you can find me at King of Collectibles. But but for now, uh, you know, go go to my Instagram. And also, like watch the show. I think that you guys will enjoy it. I think you do. And even if you don't watch the show (laughs) and let me know your thoughts. I tend to get, I try as hard as I can to get back to everyone. Like literally everyone. I think everyone is just as important as the next from a janitor to Ken Golden. Like you're all, you're you're so, you're so interactive on social media. I am. You know how much time I said, that's why I'm not going to lie to you. That's why I stayed up. I haven't slept in like 24 hours. I stayed up for eight hours last night, just responding to people, congratulating me, asking me questions from the Netherlands in Spanish. I'm on the translator app. I'm trying to figure out what they're saying. Like everyone is important. And like, thank you. Thank you all for your support. And the hobby is amazing. At first, I'm not going to lie. Like I was not welcome with open arms. I was attacked like left and right, but I broke down the, the walls. I hope. And I, and I, I hope you guys, um, are happy with what I did. And I think we can, I think the sky's the limit. And by the way, congrats to both of you too. You're both very inspirational and motivational. And that's why I started following you. Um, so give these guys, you know, a follow as well. And hopefully we can do a collab sometime soon. Cause I love your content. You guys do a great job. I've turned down a lot of podcasts a lot. I don't have the time. I made time for you tonight. Appreciate so that. I respect you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Even though yeah. I was like I I you know rescheduled you three times, but That's here we okay. are. That's okay. We always <laughs> make we always find a way to make it work. Team, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Cardboard Coaches. As she said, please go follow Alex Jimo. And for now, the Cardboard Coaches are out of here. Peace. <laughs>